Welcome, everybody. It's great to see you. If you've been with us, we're in this series called A Matter of Life and Death. Last week was on being ready for the rapture. I shared a personal story of when I was convinced I had missed the rapture, and uh, someone left this on my desk. I tell you, I pastor the greatest church. Because if I miss the rapture, that person's going to be with me, and we're going to eat that bread and drink that Diet Coke, Pepsi. Uh, if you weren't here, that is a Great Tribulation survival kit from the eyes of a kid who thought he missed the rapture. Anybody in the house uh, had a similar story? You thought, man, you, yeah, we've all been there, distant thunder, thief in the night, all of that. And I'm thankful for the truth. And I'm thankful that we don't have to be troubled, that we know Jesus. When he comes, we're ready. In the meantime, let's live on purpose, in purpose. Let's make a difference. And that's what today is about. We, we take a very strategic look at how we want to serve. And as you listen and watch all that's about to happen, I believe there's going to be a lot of hope that gets uh, dispersed in the room, and I'm, I'm kind of running on two tracks today, a track of vision casting and wanting the Holy Spirit to just grip us with a momentum, what I call grace giving, but then on the other track, it's just the grip of grace that can provide hope that's greater than despair, peace that's greater than anxiety. Truth that will dismantle lies that the enemy would like for you to believe. The kind of power that is greater than the power of Satan coming against you. I'll just place this right here. Jesus won the victory over Satan. He did. Amen. Therefore, we have the opportunity to speak from the authority of God's word that greater is he that is in us than he that's coming against us. That if that were not true, then I really don't have anything to offer you. But because that's true, then why would anybody need to leave here in a spirit of defeat, in a spirit of despair and hopelessness, because Jesus has won the victory, I want every Christian to join me in praying throughout this morning that a spirit of victory would literally overtake a spirit of defeat. And that where someone walked in despairing, they will walk out literally with a new perspective that's being empowered by the power of Jesus. I can tell you that in these services, the Holy Spirit has been working in deep ways and what we believe life-changing ways. And so we're not just in a gathering. We are in a, an atmosphere of the presence of God and the same Spirit that raised Jesus can go to work in this room and resurrect dreams, resurrect life in you. I mean, I sense this right now. There is a... The Spirit of Jesus is a life-giving Spirit. So where there's darkness and discouragement, come on. 
Let's celebrate right now that, that the light's gonna overcome the darkness today. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give you the word. Ephesians 5.15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Watch this. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. God put these words on my heart. Be intentional with your life. Being careful how you live is meaning I'm going to be intentional. Being wise making the most of every opportunity because you know the days are evil and we're running out of time. It generates this urgency so that we aren't just abiding time, but we are intentional. Intentional is the opposite of inadvertent. Just kind of happening into the day, we are being deliberate. Great vision happens by people who are deliberate. Defeating the devil in this present culture and seeing people find hope and life and grace is because the church is being deliberate, not accidental, but intentional. Be intentional. Let that get seated in your heart today. Be intentional because Jesus never gives up on anyone. Hallelujah. That Jesus changes people through his grace and power, and he does it through ministry. He does it through the, the power of grace through the local church, through ministries that happen that are on the cutting edge, where people like you share your story through that ministry, and God uses you uniquely. God uses your story because you reach people that nobody else can reach. You are being intentional and it is the grace of God in you that awakens hope in them. And if God did it for you, God can do it for them. And his power changes lives. And so what happens is the miracle that Jesus did in you set in motion other miracles that he's going to do in them. When he parted the Red Sea, it was dramatic. It was a God thing from start to finish. Then sometime later, Rahab, a prostitute, says to Joshua, tell me about your God and this Red Sea story. And when he told her about what God did at the Red Sea, that was the turning point spiritually in the life of Rahab. And Rahab became a follower, a believer in God. And as you know, it was a matter of life and death because not too long after that, when Israel took Jericho, the walls collapsed, but because Rahab had earlier turned her heart to God, she was preserved. She was saved from that destruction. Then, as the story of the gospel unfolds, she ends up being named in the genealogy of Jesus. Right as we go into Christmas, you'll probably read that, and there she is. Because when God was doing the miracle at the Red Sea, he knew that contained another miracle called Rahab that contained another miracle that would lead all the way to the birth of Jesus Christ. Every miracle puts other miracles in motion. So what God's doing in your life right now, because you're intentional, is going to set things in motion that have eternal significance.
It's a matter of life and death. Being intentional with our vision brought us some years ago saying, looking at all the addiction that's in society and how addictive culture is, the vices that are out there, what fentanyl is doing, among many other things. We want to be intentional to do ministry and to partner with ministry that help people find freedom. We must be immersed, invested, sacrificial, given to ministry that helps people be set free. So that's, that's what we've been doing for a while, and that's what connected us with this amazing need right on the border of Arizona and Utah where the fundamentalist sect of the Latter-day Saints had taken it over. That is a cult. And in this beautiful geographical place in our country, yet spiritually it was as dark as any place could be. Polygamy, drug abuse, sexual abuse, is just a twisted story. And so we were introduced to an opportunity to go in and be part of, of the first team to rebuild a city. This evil man that controlled everything didn't allow a pharmacy, a grocery store. He controlled, he controlled the police department. Over the years, there's been the building of a pharmacy, a grocery store, the rebuilding of city government, the rebuilding of the police department, and the church has been the foundation. I'm talking Jesus-believing church has been the foundation of all of that. Well, uh, let me just remind you, because we continue to invest there, some of you will be hearing this for the first time. So just kind of lean into this amazing work of grace that's happening there. When you're a part of the FLDS, there are a lot of commandments that are imposed on you. When I left the cult and I realized that I had freedom in my life, that was so empowering just right there. There are so many people in the FLDS that need help. As soon as you leave the church, you don't have a home. You don't have a job a lot of times. You don't have education. It's, it's a process. On the border between Utah and Arizona, a polygamous sect of 8,000 people are still living a secret life. The group calls itself the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or FLDS. Their leader and prophet is Warren Jeffs, who's currently in jail for sexually assaulting two underage girls. But he still leads the polygamous church and issues orders to his followers. This is a photo of me when I was in the FLDS with the long, long hair down to my knees, but it was braided in the back. I grew up in a polygamous household. I was one of 14 children, and I am an ex-wife of Warren Jeffs. This is a picture of me and a bunch of Warren Jeffs' wives. Warren had about 79 wives, and I lived in this house with about 30 of them. He ordered 
other FLDS members to brainwash me and drug me. It was really scary. I made multiple attempts to leave the church and finally found a way to escape through the window. I am now free of the cult. It was a whole new world out here. Everything was new. And then I came back to Utah to help other people. I learned that I had rights to Warren Jeff's property here. So I decided to go and apply and just see what happened. And I was granted the house. I didn't want to give this house to any buyer. I really wanted it to be a crisis house. I wanted to turn this house into the place that I needed when I was escaping. And the story unfolds like this. When she escaped, it's a six and a half hour drive from there to the streets of Phoenix. She ends up on the streets of Phoenix. I'll show you the picture of the Dream Center. The Dream Center is a ministry that helps people find freedom, offers housing, food, all the things that you need when you have nothing. The church in Phoenix, formerly Phoenix First Assembly, that has become Dream City Church, purchased this old hotel, renovated it, and now it's full of people like Brielle who are finding freedom. On the streets of Phoenix, she had nothing, and somebody, just here's the way God works, says there's a place that'll help you. She wanders into that place. She is introduced to who Jesus really is. She gets saved, discipled, goes through trauma-based therapy, finds freedom. You heard through uh, a set of circumstances, she was awarded this huge house that Warren Jeffs used for all of this evil. She says to the leaders in Phoenix, can you do there what you've done here? They said, we can. And so now you have the Short Creek Dream Center. And, and this church unlike any other church in the entire U.S., has sent more teams to do more renovation, has put more money. Pastor Justin's right here. He can tell you this. We've met Brielle. We know how much she loves Jesus, and we're, wa we're watching this unfold. And so I want to show you the latest statistics. This is what's happening every month in that Hilldale community. 100,000 pounds of food get distributed from their food warehouse because they are the primary source of food for the entire region. It's the church that's providing that. Uh, before they acquired the building that they now use for this food warehouse, Convoy of Hope would truck food from Las Vegas to this location every week because they have the big refrigerated semis and can bring enough food. Now they have a place of their own. It's incredible. Since renovating and opening that home, 200 people have lived there and gone through their ministry of discipleship. Even a family that was on the streets here in Oklahoma, a lady came to a, a, an outreach at Christmas put on by the ladies of our church. Her life was broken. She, she had nothing. We got her there. And she had a room there. Her family was there. And she's gone through months. And she's back home now. And she's doing very well, loving and serving Jesus. She attends the Rose District. And she came up to me after service last night and just shared another piece of her 
unfolding testimony because every miracle sets another miracle in motion. Jesus hasn't given up on that city. Jesus hasn't given up on those people. His power is changing them through effective ministry and miracles are happening. It is a matter of life and death. We're on the winning side. We hold the answer and we're taking that answer radically, generously, and urgently to people who need it. Would you help me thank God that we can be intentional with our prayers, with our dollars, with our serving. I wish every one of you could see it. Pastor Justin will be leading teams in 2024. When you give today in the offering, you are helping us support that. You're helping us go back to the picture in Phoenix. You're helping us support that dream center. Let's go to Los Angeles. This hospital that was vacated back in the early 90s, then was purchased by the church in Phoenix back in the 90s. They renovated it, turned it into a hospital for the sick, the broken, the addicted. And today, 800 people live in that place, going through ministry where they are getting set free, finding peace, finding power, and a whole new life. The 800 people are made up of veterans who in their despair needed help and hope. The, the next group are those that are addicted and finding freedom. They have a church called Angelus Temple. It's right near this building. And that church fills up, and the first, it has main floor, two balconies. The first balcony has hundreds of seats. And every service, they're occupied by all the ladies sitting over to the right that are going through rehabilitation. All the guys sitting over to the left, they, they are going through real rehabilitation, finding freedom. Another huge group are those in foster care that age out. And when you age out of the foster care system, you have nowhere to go. You're like emancipated. You belong to no one. And so many people migrate to L.A. They end up on the streets and all that goes with it. But here is this ministry that's housing hundreds of them helping them get education, helping them find jobs. It, it's just what Jesus would do. And we're right, right in support of that because it's on the front line of slaying giants that are destroying so many people. All of this addiction, it is, it is right from the enemy of our souls. And so the church, we don't take a defensive position, we get on offense and let's take ground. Let's help people find freedom. That's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do. And so I want to thank you because the 2024 Neighbors and Nations disbursement, money that we're raising right now, huge amounts of it goes to these places. Let's bring it home right here in green country. Let's bring it home to the thousands. If you look at the data of our county, the thousands that are being destroyed by drug addiction. And on the front line is one of the most effective ministries. And I'll show it to you, just I need to say this. The Dream Center just celebrated 29 years. So these aren't ministries that are fly by night. When I ask you to commit, to partner, to invest, they are proven to produce fruit over time. 
The next is Adult and Teen Challenge. And I just think their video does the best job of letting you know who they are and what they do right here in our county. Watch this. So the vision for Green Country is to put hope within reach of every person struggling with addiction and give them a clear path to Jesus Christ. Life for me before Adult and Teen Challenge was very depressing, heartbreaking, and very dark. Since the age of 13, I've had a really bad eating disorder. That led to me starting taking pills with my mom. I started drinking and smoking pot every day. It was to the point to where I was doing things I never thought that I would. Selling my body to meet those needs, to lying to my family, stealing from anybody. Last year, I attempted to take my life because I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't see a reason in living. Um, I had tried everything. It was either now or never getting my life together because I can't keep living like this. A lot of rehabs that you go to, all they want to do is they want to shove pills down your throat. They want to say, this is the cure. We get to clap back and say, no, this is the cure. That's Jesus. And what brought me to Teen Challenge was a seven-year IV meth addiction. Woke up one morning and I knew that I knew that I knew that it was time to change my life. I decided to stay at Teen Challenge because I desired these ladies to have the same freedom that I've got. I feel like I can relate because I've been through the program too and I was a meth addict for over 25 years of my life. The first thing I was saying to myself was, this is it, this is it, and to me, it was a new beginning. And I had never felt so loved in my whole life. The longest time I felt because of my problems and like my mental illness and stuff that I was rejected. And even my family, like I felt rejected by them. And they just hugged me and I just felt like I was safe and loved and wanted. She has overcome her eating disorder. She was totally bound by self-harm. I found out how much God loved me and he didn't want me to hate myself and he didn't want me to suffer with an eating disorder anymore. Whenever she's struggling, she doesn't have to turn to drugs or alcohol anymore. I no longer identify with the things of my past anymore. I see myself worthy and I can finally say that I love myself. I had all my family members come to all of my visits. They're really proud of me. My relationships are really well. I'm gonna go home and be the mother that God's called me to be. They just come in dark and they leave with the light shining from their eyes and from their heart. I get to see God take these women that come through the doors that are broken, hopeless, and helpless, and I get to see them turned into trophies of grace. If you or your loved one are lost and bound by addiction or any other negative life controlling issue and you want help, call us today and we would love to help serve. The grace of God is greater than addiction, greater than self-harm, because the grace of God is greater than a despairing, broken heart. There's hope today and it's in Jesus. Praise God. If you take the collective effort of these dream centers we've showed you of Teen Challenge, it is the ministry that's doing so much for so many, literally thousands of people that are being cared for 24-7. And so when you are willing to do some grace giving, it is going to set miracles in motion. On this Veterans Weekend, I'm going to 
move now to the effective ministry that we have that is reaching veterans and first responders. But here's the way I'd like to go into that. I want to invite every veteran to stand because on this weekend, we want to honor you. So all veterans, would you please stand to your feet and let us show you the love and respect that you deserve. Come on, church. Put a standing ovation on that right there, everybody. Come on, with all of your passion, clap your hands in honor to these veterans. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Years ago, Dave Reaver came to our church and shared his amazing story of grace and God's healing power in his life. After that service, he said, Ron, there's somebody you need to meet. His name is Chad Robichaud. He gave me his number. I called him that next week. Chad was just starting to help other people find freedom, the kind of freedom he was now living in. A man of God reached out to Chad in his brokenness and despair, in his suicidal thoughts, and said, Chad, Jesus can help you. Walked him through the scripture about what it is to be a follower of Jesus, a man of God. And I mean, the grace of God gripped Chad's heart, changed his life. Then Chad has made it his mission to help other veterans and now first responders experience that same grace and power. He started what's called Mighty Oaks. We've been part of it since the beginning. It is to me the greatest ministry helping veterans and first responders in this day. We're watching 32 weeks of intense ministry happen at four locations across the country, pushing upwards of about a thousand veterans and first responders every year, coming through this process, finding that there's hope in Jesus and that his power really breaks all of this despair and brokenness. It was when Chad came the first time that Reed Hasty sat on the back row of a service like this, and he listened, somewhat skeptical, and two years later, he went to what we call Legacy, that week of ministry to veterans, and it changed him. The addiction, the despair, the thoughts of just ending it all were all overtaken by grace, power, and extraordinary purpose because every miracle sets another miracle in motion. Reed came back, and he was the first person to start what's called an outpost. We were the first church to have an outpost, which is ongoing discipleship to all of these veterans and first responders who go through legacy. They have that ongoing community and spiritual growth. He started that, this was the first one. I'm happy to announce that in this region, he has led effectively. There are now 14 outposts that are happening. Praise God. Uh, Miracles just keep happening. Church, this is a house of miracles. And it sets so many miracles in motion throughout this community and literally around the nation and the world. And that's the vision I'm praying you catch today so that you just want to set more miracles in motion. So the 32 weeks of intense help to these veterans, it's just 
still leaving with a long waiting list of people who need help. There are four locations, California, Montana, Virginia, and Texas. But in 2024, there will start being 34 a year because the assembly has secured Post Oak Lodge for two separate weeks in 2024 where we will have a legacy in each of those weeks providing that to warriors right here in this area and first responders. And when they come out of that, they will have 14 different options called outposts that they can choose from to continue their journey of spiritual growth and freedom. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to know what happens when these veterans and first responders go to a legacy. So help me honor and bring to the platform Reed Hasty. Morning, church. So Reed, first of all, your miracle story is one that we never get tired of, of celebrating. And just in the sovereignty of God, he listened to part of Chad's story over at Triton Gym on a Saturday, came and listened to the second half of that story here on a Sunday. And two years later, he went to Legacy, and the rest is now leaving an eternal legacy. So tell us what happens when a person like you goes to legacy. Just what, what is it so that we know how to pray, so that we know how to set expectations around that? Sure. Thanks, Pastor Ron. And, uh, you know, I think I can serve best is to share some of the, you know, the personal behind the curtain things uh, that we see. And uh, for me personally, it was, um, you know, I went to Mighty Oaks and I thought, like, I'm broken. And that's what most of our men or, and women also, you know, that's where their mindset is. But it's, you know, I wasn't broken. I was lost. You know, the only thing that was broken was my navigation system. And uh, it was thrown off by, you know, what a lot of us face is hopelessness. And the men and the women that come there, I work on the men's side, so I speak more into that. So uh, that place of hopelessness and suicide, almost everyone that we encounter has either attempted suicide or been uh, locked into a psych ward uh, for suicidal ideation or they've lost a loved one or someone on their squad or their unit because of suicide. So almost no one has escaped that blast radius of hopelessness in, in one way or the other. And what God has equipped us to do there at Mighty Oaks, uh, because it's veterans there ministering to other veterans, uh, we're just in this, he's equipped us in this place where we can bring people to this, this sand where they can draw a, si- a line in the sand and they're looking at either crossing it or, or turning away, but there's a decision point that they've been brought into. And that hopeless, hopelessness that we see uh, when, when men arrive, uh, I'll share this. this. I've got a friend, his name is Victor Sassoon. He's one of our team leaders. And Victor, just for his own entertainment, he started taking pictures of guys when they would show up on day one, candidly, right? And then he'd take a picture after we graduate at the end of the week, and he likes to put them side by side and show them their picture and how their continence changes. We started looking at those, and what we discovered is when when men show up there, their skin is gray and their lips are gray. It's like they're literally dying, and then the color comes back to their face. So, you know, what happens there? I want to share a personal story. 
to paint a picture because I wish I could just put everybody in my pocket so you could see what happens there. But I'll tell the story just as quickly as I can. It was myself and a team leader named Corey Scott. He goes to church here. Many of you know him. And a third team leader, a Marine named Neil Grogan. And we take three other veterans. They were first-time students floating down the South Llano River. We just went down to uh, relax that afternoon. We had some time. These, partic- these veterans had a specific... Um, well, they were particularly violent men. Childhood trauma combat trauma. Uh, At least one of them was in special operations and had been to prison. So uh, a very rough group of men who had been through a lot. And we float down the river. And on that float trip, uh, one of these men decided, I'm I'm ready to cross that line. So he gave his life to Christ right there in the river. And that's an amazing uh, testament and testimony to God. But it was the words that come next from the other two men. The other one said, I'm ready. And the other one said, so am I. And we had a spontaneous baptism right in the river. Doesn't just happen everywhere. Um, Not everybody gets to see that. Uh, But that's what goes on there. What makes Mighty Oaks different than, say, some of the other veterans organizations? And I don't have anything negative to say. We're in a country, and we get treated better than we deserve. People send us, you know, and take us to drive a Formula One race car or or shoot a moose or or whatever for a week. You know, these programs exist and we're thankful. Uh, But what's different, what we've discovered is uh, a lot of organizations are working off of this architecture that somebody came up with. Um, I know Chad's even even spoken to this because it's from the military also, but these four pillars, mind, body, social pillar, and a spiritual pillar. And I'm glad that they make room for us because on the spiritual side, we have guys from organizations and they come to Mighty Oaks because they recognize that spiritual side is weak. But that is not, that four pillar is not the message of Mighty Oaks. God is not one of, of other pillars. He's the foundation. And you have, to, you have to build off of that or it's all going to come crashing down. So let's talk about the impact. Welcome to the stage, former Marine. This is Billy Wyland. Years ago, Billy was married and that, they were, that relationship was not built on the foundation of knowing Jesus. They knew God, weren't really following Jesus at all. That marriage ended in divorce and there was such pain around how all that happened that Billy just rejected Christianity altogether, rejected the church. Didn't reach a point where he didn't believe in God, but just wrote off Christianity. Things come easy for Billy. He's a brilliant man, became an attorney, was doing work, met another young lady. They get married, not following Jesus. That relationship started to crumble. It ends in divorce. From that marriage, they have twins. The pain that he watched his kids go through put him on a spiral to the lowest place of his life. Living on the floor of his law office, He finally said, I just can't do this anymore. And he attempted to take his life. And if I share with you the details, you would wonder how is he even here today? Coming out of that situation, he knew he needed help. And five years prior, 
his parents said, Billy, we know this guy named Reed Hasty. And why don't you talk to him? So they connected, but all Billy said to Reed is, look, I don't believe in what you're saying. And he rejected Reed and he wrote off the whole you know, thing that Reed was saying to him. Now, bring it forward five years. And he's at this low place. And he reaches back out. And in summer of 2022, Billy went to Legacy. And all of that brokenness and shame was scooped up by the grace of God. By the power of Jesus. And it has changed his life. And now... Reed's one of his great brothers in the Lord. And Billy is now the outpost leader at our Rose District campus because every miracle sets in motion other miracles. Come on, somebody. Welcome to the platform, Greg Morris. This is Greg Morris who served... Greg served our country in Desert Storm. He came back and was part of the response to Hurricane Andrew running communications in his position. He was in his car one day, pulled over at this convenience store to get more gasoline, and five people jumped him, attacked him, fractured 118 bones in his face, was in a coma, not expected to live, but he did. But when he came out of that, he had an incredible hate and unforgiveness. He became an alcoholic, yet still doing his job in communications. Then got addicted to acid because the military at the time didn't have a test that could identify that being in your system. So his life is just spiraling. He's married, has kids, now in a financial crisis, starts going to casinos and adds a gambling addiction. He was losing everything. And at a a point of incredible despair, he too tried to take his life. And if you knew what he did, you would wonder how is he even here? God brought him through that. In the meantime, his daughter, Abby, started coming to our youth group. She would go home and say, Dad, you should come to church. And he he still is at this place of like, don't talk to me about Jesus and don't talk to me about church. And he just rejected it, but she kept on. One day she came home, she goes, look, there's a ministry at our church for veterans and there's this guy named Reed Hasty, and I wish you would meet him. And she gave him his phone number. Sometime later, he has that number. He just calls it, Reed Answers. And Reed says, meet me at Brahms in 30 minutes. And they sat down, and that started a change. And we don't know if it was Reed or the ice cream, but we'll receive both. That started a change. And on Easter Sunday, Greg gave his life to Jesus. And March of 2019, he went through Legacy, and it has changed his life. He said that when he came to church here and all that brokenness, he was so warmly received when he came through the door. Those of you that greet at the door, you are doing such significant ministry. You are doing such intentional ministry. 
He said people received him. He's he, as an adult never had a never had a church in his life. Never had a church family in his life. His wife has since gone through legacy for women. God has restored their family. He is walking in freedom, been walking in freedom since 2019, and he is the leader of the Mighty Oaks Outpost here at the South Campus. Just doing a work for God. I need you to help me praise God that grace is greater than sin. It's greater than despair. It's greater than the darkness of suicidal thoughts. It's greater than the enemy's plans. Somebody needs to hear this. The Lord has plans for you. The Lord has plans for you. And what God has done for them, he can do for you. Just remain standing, if you will. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll be calling on you here in a moment as I come into an altar call for people who need hope. But Ken, let me do two things. The first one is, I just want to lead us as a church in what I call grace giving. We are giving for the grace of God to continue to reach people through ministries that have proven effective. Ushers, would you help me today by coming and getting into your spots? Would you prepare an offering? I've been asking you to pray about this for weeks, and now here we come to this moment. And I've tried to show you today that God is calling us to be intentional. You just write a check to the church and memo, neighbors and nations, put the amount. And this money is going to help these dream centers and help us do two Mighty Oaks Legacy Weeks. Each week is $25,000. And so there's not a doubt in my mind that we will exceed that and take care of all of that. Holy Spirit, we stand in an atmosphere of grace that's greater than anything. And let that be what generates the generosity. And I pray that we will give with urgency because it's a matter of life and death. And we will give with high expectation that you are going to save and deliver thousands of people from Hilldale, Utah, where we are rebuilding a city to the streets of LA, the streets of Phoenix, to the streets of Broken Arrow and Tulsa through Adult and Teen Challenge, through Mighty Oaks, around the nation, and right here in this community. Holy Spirit, we want to serve our neighbors. We want to be intentional. So just put a blessing on this, Lord, and let it be what impacts eternity in Jesus' name. Amen. You can start receiving. Uh, Come up here, team. What I want you to do, I want you to take us into that first verse. And I want you to just internalize every word of this. And then I want to give a very important altar call. Would you lead us in that? This is a place of praise.
who is dead had no ability whatsoever to change his future and just a word a word of supernatural power from Jesus it, it broke through death it caused vital organs that hadn't worked for four days to start working again his brain starts working again and here he comes out of that tomb but he's still wrapped in those grave clothes and Jesus looks at the church and says, now unwrap him. So he, he had life and then the church got to participate in the liberty that God wanted him to know. Right now, what I believe is happening is there is a, there's a word. It's, it, it's getting through. It's getting through to your mind. It's getting through to your heart. You, you've, you have written this off but there's something getting through right now with heads bowed and eyes closed. It's just an awakening. That's where it starts. See, don't, don't think about how it's gonna get uncomplicated. God will take care of that and the church will help you. But right now, just come alive at this word of grace, at this word, this life-giving word that comes right from Jesus, right to you, right now. This is your moment. It is a sacred moment where through the doubt, through all of the addiction, all the dysfunction, all the pain, the guilt, the shame, this word gets through all of that because it's a life-giving word from Jesus. Jesus is awakening your soul. He's awakening your soul. And as we sing this chorus again, if that is you, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come forward and we're gonna pray because what God did for Reed and Billy and Greg, he's going to do for you. Church, are you with me today? Many are about we to come alive. Come on. 